This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. start up my own podcast mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. gonna need some co-hosts yeah motorboat oh sorry dragon <laughs> the dragon motorboat oh you gotta call your show that dragon motorboating with dragon Kat. motorboating and this the theme song i'll do it for you i won't even tell you what it is you're gonna love it it's gonna have you ever watched survivor this is all just goofiness it's my way of saying i'm not starting my own podcast i know it you know what yeah don't let a lack of, of, of capability oh God, stop yeah. you from starting oh a podcast. God. It's never stopped anyone before. <laughs> hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture. Mm-hmm. I just hear John on my head. Importance. Importance. <laughs> and it's influence today. My name's Will, and joining me as always are my friends. Uh, so hopefully I sound like I was using air quotes. Uh, and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hello. Hello. Ouch. Oh, Ouch. Air quotes. I've been air quoted. Got this all out of my head. All of last it, week's episode it, out of my head. It won't be the first time. <laughs> that I've what? Air quoted somebody or got you had to get the whole show out of my head. <laughs> that, that works too. Uh, I was just gonna call you Huckleberry the whole time today. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you're using that right. Oh. I received an angry text from a friend. It just said yeah. Huckleberry oh. again because of my my because poor performance in the Val Kilmer. Just because quiz. <laughs> Yeah, Speaking of that, be sure to check out John on his full-time job hosting Gen X Grown Up. It's a whole other podcast where they talk about Gen X Grown Up stuff. Yeah. All retro stuff, you know. Yeah. Hey, on today's show, I'm going to be sharing the shocking true tale of how a mysterious <gasps> criminal organization terrorized <gasps> Japan in the 1980s. Whoa. I'm already shocked. Now, if you're familiar with this story, I'm just going to pause and ask you, just pretend you don't know what's going to happen, okay? <laughs> Kat, you're doing well. That's really, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's see. Hey, I'm going to keep saying hey while I stall here. Hey, 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 a couple of announcements. Hey, this weekend, join me at Anime Ohio. Oh, that's this mm. weekend? Yeah, it's June 17th wow. and 18th. That's Friday and Saturday. On on 18th in particular, I'm going to be leading the panel discussions with a number of different voice actors there, including mm-hmm. Johnny Young Bosch and Kellen Goff, Jonah Scott, Elizabeth Maxwell. Uh, that'll be during the afternoon of June 18th. But hey, just come out for the whole weekend and say hi. I'll be the guy wearing the shiny sneakers that light up. That's how oh. most people spot me. Oh. Yeah. Have you worn them before? Yeah. Whenever I go to a convention, I wear them. Oh, so you wore them at the last It's one. a conversation okay. starter. Those are his convention con- shoes. You know, it's like a rally cap. Starter. You have a particular, you know, kind of a, this tradition you mm-hmm. go for. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's the flashy shoes. I like it. Mm-hmm. Do they have wheels on them? You click out the wheelies? wheels. And- no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I was envious that we weren't a generation that had those. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. I totally would have uh, ogled those. Doesn't mean they're not cool. <gasps> yeah. Oh, imagine kangaroo wheelies. Oh, I think <gasps> stuff would spill out of your pockets, cat. There's Velcro. Velcro and zippers. Yeah. That's what zippers are for. Come on. That's what the zippers are for. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why Michael Jackson has all those zippers on his jacket because of his kangaroo wheelies. Oh. <laughs> hey, in other non-sneaker related news... Uh, also this weekend on June 18th, join us for Facebook Live. We'll be ch- mm. on Facebook Live, rather. We're going to be chatting mm. with Mark Holton. Mm. You know, Mark Holton. What is it? Hey, that. Hey, that's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> or, you know, 
et cetera, and so on. You know, so, so Mark's played a number of different characters that you recognize and know. Maybe they know his name, but you know his face, you know his voice. Mm-hmm. He is the guy mm-hmm. who terrorized uh, Pee Wee Herman in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as his next door neighbor. <laughs> he's the guy who spotted Enrico Palazzo in that. Uh, but he's in another film since the 1980s too. But uh, yeah. he was in the first Leprechaun. He came back for the a sequel to Leprechaun that continued the story. He was in A League of Their Own and so many more films that we love him in. Uh, come and chat with Mark mm-hmm. Holton June 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. You can ask questions Ooh. and pass on comments and he'll respond in real time. I'm glad you mentioned that about recognizing his face because yeah. I only know his mm-hmm. name now, but I definitely recognize his face. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't be surprised that that was the case, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, I've chatted with him a couple of times now and it's really surprises me that he doesn't realize that he's surprised that even people would recognize him or wow. have seen any of his films or would mm-hmm. know any of his quotes. I mean, it's just only in the last few years, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. he had been out of acting for a while. He's getting back into it a little bit now, but Mm-hmm. Only in the last few years has he realized he has fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Well, it's probably, that's the plight of the the working character actor. Right? He's yeah. not mm-hmm. a celebrity. He's not a superstar. He's a mm-hmm. working actor. And, you know, it's like, it's another job. It's another job. It's another yeah. job. And I could see that, you know, you start getting recognized. You're like, oh, you saw me doing my job. Oh, neat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That'd be like, hey, some other job, right? Didn't I see you at the JCPenney's working on my account? That was. Were you working the register? Yes. Were you folding shirts? I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. I don't work at JCPenney, but you, you know, <laughs> if someone on the street stopped me and said, hey, I recognize you from recording your podcast. Yeah, that would be troubling because, you know. That would be creepy. Yes. <laughs> That's happened to me Aww. once. Yeah. It's amazing and creepy simultaneously. And you said, yeah. stop it, mom. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. No. Ouch. And then you woke oh. up. I don't know, so many ways to go. Mm. This. Wow. <laughs> the, the kindness is just permeating the room. All right. I just, I'll promise to try not to say things that seem like attacks. I, okay. I think I'm feeling defensive. Look, I really didn't take it personally when John pointed out my uh, idiosyncrat- idiosyncratic. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, it's because I'm a fan. We just talked about <laughs> ways it. that I talk. Only fans uh, recognize uh-oh. <laughs> idiosyncrasies. Otherwise, they're just, you're talking. Oh, Okay. All right. See? Wait, why'd you say, uh-oh? Because he said only fans. Only isn't fans. That that, oh, is, not isn't that, that only fans. Yeah, there was a only, space in it. It's it was a, a I, clear delineation. I have an only fans. John's a, he's the only guy that pays, but he's, a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you that pair of underwear too, John, that you ordered. All right. See, now it sounds like Thank I'm you. just doing it again. All right. Let's start. Clean slate from now, okay? Detente. <sighs> Hey. There was a time when I felt really welcome here, but fortunately that's See, that's passed. what I'm worried about. I'm, a, I'm all about angels. I got too comfortable too soon. We got to try to make it through the summer. We need a longer honeymoon. All right. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. All right. Hey, hey, per, per the internet and my eyes, we got our first look at John Larroquette in the upcoming Night Court sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few months ago, we first learned that the Ms. Ms. Melissa Rausch uh, is executive producing the return to the, this uh, popular sitcom. It actually mm-hmm. mo- m- marks her first uh, Big Bang or post Big Bang uh, work that she's doing. Because not only is she producing it, but she's also going to be uh, starring in it as well. But she has been the driving mm-hmm. force behind this revival. In fact, she approached Warner Brothers and said, hey, can we talk oh, about right. that IP you have, Night Court? I want to do something with it. <laughs> right. So she was a fan. Well, now she has gone on and shared images from the show. Image. You yeah, there's, the, the, their precious little is being leaked about this. There's yeah. like Ooh. a picture or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Larroquette looks like John Larroquette. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he looks. And, and, and a few pictures of the cast. And it kind of looks like they're recasting 
mm. but not recasting. Right, you right. know, it's like, well, we need we need a a gruff big bailiff, and here's right. this woman who I'm going to guess is a gruff big bailiff, and right. you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and uh, and the judge is uh, supposed to be Harry's daughter, which is really interesting. So it yes. makes sense that she would be similarly minded in the way she distributes mm-hmm. justice. So uh-huh. yeah, looking forward to that part. Yeah, you said. Precious little. It sounds like you're a little annoyed, like you want to see more and you want to know more. Yeah, they're just dribbling out information. Mm-hmm. Show us something. Show us a scene. Show us a trailer. Show us, mm-hmm. yeah, some shots of the set. They're really just, yep. here's five people clustered around one another. Here's a photo. Night court. <laughs> Go. Well, there's actually a couple of other photos. One that shows her behind the bench, uh, leaning mm-hmm. over to talk mm-hmm. to John Larroquette. And I think the other photo is them sitting in the back of a courtroom. But yeah, you're right. It's Most of it seems staged. You don't really get a good view at stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what else yep. are they going to do in a courtroom? A lot of this. <laughs> Finger wagging. Well, hopefully shoot some video and then share it with yeah. us so we can see what the show's going to look Oh, like, you didn't you know? know, John. It's just going to be a series of still images. It's going to be a comic book. <laughs> so it's a graphic <laughs> novel on graphic television. Novel, yeah. A flip book. <laughs> Every time you want to flip yeah. a cell, commercial. Ah, damn it. <laughs> so like the animated Viewmaster. Can I run it backwards? That's yeah. cool. I like that. Oh, that's that, that was cool. That thing is curious that she's playing Harry's daughter now. Mm-hmm. And Lara Kett, who's coming back, he's the only guy reprising his role. Right. He's coming back to as play. As far as Dan. we know. Far as we know. As far as we know, that's right. As far as we know, there right, could right, be right. some cameos I heard, but yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Richard Mull's still out there active. Marsha War- mm-hmm. Warfield is still active. Unfortunately, Marky Post is, is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of people that could pop up, but I thought it was curious that she's playing uh, his daughter, and she's a judge. And John Larroquette, I don't know, he was a prosecutor. I think maybe he was assistant district attorney at most during the show. Mm-hmm. 30 years mm-hmm. have passed. He's still a prosecutor? That can't possibly be. <laughs> he wouldn't even be district attorney for 30 years. I, I thought it would make, make more sense age-wise that he would be the judge. Let's re- re- reverse it. And now uh-huh. he, Harry's daughter is an attorney who has to deal with this guy. You know? well, I think you're tampering with <laughs> what is the, the secret sauce of night court, though. You need that... Mm. You need that kind, sensible character on the, the mm. bench. Yeah. And that's yeah. not the character that Larroquette plays. Mm. Larroquette is the foil. He's the one yeah. creating chaos. He's the one bringing in people and defending them. And uh, in, in, in the, in the head canon of the show, yeah. maybe he likes his job. Maybe he wants to continue in that role. You know, those people that, you know, which one a promotion? Don't you? No, no. I'm happy where I'm at defending people whatever, or prosecuting yeah. people or whatever mm-hmm. his role is. That's what I figured. It doesn't seem like he'd be allowed to be a judge. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 but he could have been a politician like maybe, he, or maybe he comes mm. back. He's a Senator who's been canceled or something. I don't know. <laughs> but along those lines, yeah. What, what are they going to do with his part, his character? He can't be the sexist, uh, you know, uh, mm. that he was in the eighties. I don't think. I mean, well, he can be, but as yeah. you said, it'd be, I think it would be great to write in that he went down that path and got yeah. canceled. And maybe that's why his career was stalled. Oh, yeah. And now he's back doing it. You know, yeah. put me in the writer's yes. room. I've got it covered. <laughs> That's why he's stuck where he is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like John pointed yeah. out, very little is known, including when it's going to air. We do know it's going to air sometime this year and it's going to be uh, on NBC. And then it's also stream exclusively on Peacock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, in, in other 1980s news, mm-hmm. minor spoiler warning, Ooh. very minor spoiler for uh, ooh, Top ooh, Gun ooh. Maverick. We're not going to, res- uh, we're yeah. not going to spoil any story elements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you need to skip ahead a couple of minutes, but uh, seriously, just hang in there. It's not, we're not ruining the story. You can enjoy the movie right. still without knowing this. Okay. So uh, by knowing this. And why are you w- listening to this podcast and right. you've yet to see Maverick? That's Go true. watch it. Excellent this question. Is, yeah. Put us you should pause, have seen it bro. by now. Yes. <laughs> so another 80s news, Val Kilmer makes a cameo in Top Gun. That's the spoiler. <gasps> but his voice doesn't. That's another spoiler right. for you. But here's why. So, oh, by the way, 
uh, and this, by the time you hear this podcast, this is going to be, you know, dated this information, but mm-hmm. to date, as of this podcast, they have made $322 million in just the first 12 days of domestic release. So it is easily Whoa. Tom Cruise's biggest domestic earner. It's got that trajectory. Pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and adding to yep. the charm of it that's getting butts and seats is the f- brief appearance by Iceman. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in, sp- in spite of his real-life battle with throat cancer, which robbed Kilmer of his voice, amazingly, Kilmer actually speaks in the blockbuster. But it turns out... But the mm-hmm. voice we hear is not actually Kilmer speaking, or not exactly. In fact, they used an AI called Sonatic that was trained by listening to hours and hours of Val Kilmer's actual voice mm-hmm. to replicate mm-hmm. the sound of the actor. And, you know, his various sort of idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic haze and uh, <laughs> something else he does a lot. I can't remember what it is offhand. Even in Maverick, he yeah. speaks in very hushed tones as well. Mm-hmm. So even if there yes. were any little little, little oddities in there. It was quite a bit hushed. It was kind of under his breath and quite yeah. quiet. Mm-hmm. So that would hit any imperfections, but it didn't sound bad. It sounded fine. I have to say like, it, yeah, it didn't phase me. I didn't know about this. Yeah. And I was just so involved in the story. Yeah. It didn't, I, I knew about his health issues, right. but I just, I just wasn't even thinking about it. Was not analyzing yeah. it in any and way. And it wasn't overused, right? It's mm-hmm. not like Iceman is suddenly a, you know, an operatic singer and he has 80 <laughs> lines of dialogue. It's used sparingly. He's doing a speech. And they even wrote yeah. into the script the fact that he was having throat problems, right? right? right. So there, he didn't like right. to speak. It was painful. So, you know, they folded it in, but then also utilized it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a spoiler right. too. That's it. That's the pivotal piece of the film. That's what actually defeats the Nazis. All right. Well, are you going to do? Hey, but actually, this is another spoiler, okay? This is for a different show. I don't know if we should mention this or not, okay? So this is a minor spoiler for Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan series. Mm. So skip ahead another three seconds. If you're back. back. Again, not going to ruin a plot point, right? You know the the movie is about the inevitability of Obi-Wan having to face Anakin again. (gasps) But if you know the story, canonically, uh, Obi-Wan, I'm sorry, Anakin is Darth Vader now. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Darth Vader is in this show and Darth Vader speaks. And a big question on the internet was, well, what is he going to sound like? Because Hayden <laughs> Christensen supposedly came back to play him. But I mean, so mm-hmm. far you wouldn't know that because he's in a costume the whole time. Could be exactly. anybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so folks were worried it might be Hayden Christensen when they did something to his voice. Really hoping for James Earl Jones. But what does that mean? Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, you hear James Earl Jones speaking when uh, Darth Vader is finally on screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Turns out James L. Jones didn't actually talk either. This was another AI that replicated <laughs> James Earl James Earl. Jones I read he voice. recorded no new dialogue. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh! I was Amazing. wondering, and I hadn't looked it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this was a wild. similar technology, but a different company. This one called Respeecher. Hmm. Uh, and there was also another cameo for. Uh, I, I won't ruin this. There was another cameo of another uh, character from Star Wars canon in uh, the Mandalorian. I'm going to say the. The Boba Fett show, Boba Fett series <laughs> is really the Mandalorian, uh, where his voice wasn't done by that actor either. They did the same thing. Respeecher actually recreated it from old uh, footage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An- another guy with just one hand. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny to me is like uh, on the internet, it seems like, no, look, maybe they'd only post this because these are the stories that make people click on. It's a clickbait. Sure. But you, yeah. you can find easily stories about, uh, you know, people posting online, how they're furious with this. Furious. <sighs> 
either they're mad because it sounds like it's James Earl Jones, quote unquote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they didn't give a new actor the chance to do the voice because there's a lot of voice actors that have been impersonating him on the cartoons for years. Or how dare yeah. they just not have James Earl Jones do it and they have a friggin' robot? Let me do that again. <laughs> fucking robot! My wife told me, say, don't say friggin'. Miles would just read yeah. Don't Don't half step it. You know, um, you know what I say to those people? Yeah. Is that Star Trek, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, yeah. Predator, whatever it is, if you don't like these sequels and prequels that come out, yeah. good news for you. You don't have to watch them. And the things you do love, That's you can right. go back and watch those again. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over. If you don't like the yeah. new stuff, no one is clockwork oranging your eyeballs <laughs> open with toothpicks and making you sit there and absorb it through your eye holes. Shut up. Go away. Yeah. Let people who are enjoying it, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Down off the soapbox. I got to get that. I got to get that. The Good more you know music point. to play every time John makes a speech. Is that borderline crossing the line? Was that almost crossing the line? Uh, Only if you're implying that you don't like me to talk about no, the things I'm passionate about. I'm just about. saying it okay. has the veritas okay. of those interstitials that we had as kids. The veritas, mm-hmm. the gravity, the gravity, I mean. Mm-hmm. Gravitas. Gravitas, that's the word. Gravitas. 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 Oh, boy. All right. Hey, another 1980s news. A hit from 1985 is a hit again. Imagine you know what? Just skip our show this week. Just skip our show. Skip the news. You know, I should I should have said this at the beginning of the show. If you're here because this episode says true crime, <laughs> guess what? There's going to be true crime. I promise. Clickbait. Whoa. It's not clickbait. There's actually going to be a true crime story. And we've done this a couple Isn't of it though? times. It is it true. It and this time it's Isn't actually it? a crime. Okay. Well, Todd Rogers <laughs> committed fraud, I guess. That was a crime. It's a crime. How many Ooh. spoilers are at the top of the show? Oh, crime is yeah. true. <laughs> So another minor spoiler. Again, look, we're not going to ruin any plot points. This is barely, Mm-mm. this isn't even a spoiler, right? Okay. So hey, right. anyway, no, in the new season of Stranger really. Things, uh, as a result of the new Stranger, uh, or rather new season of Stranger Things, Kate Bush is enjoying a surge in popularity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she is. One of her songs wow. plays a key role uh, in this uh, current mm-hmm. uh, iteration. Um, Bush's 1985 hit Running Up That Hill. It's mm-hmm. important to one. It's a song that's important to one of the main characters, and therefore mm-hmm. it's heard a number of times throughout the show. Did you see the percent, which has risen since mm-hmm. I last read about this last week? Nine thousand nine hundred percent increase. What in listens? Yeah, <laughs> in streaming. Yeah. Nine thousand nine hundred percent increase, and there's nothing new that Stranger Things revives some songs that people haven't heard in a while. But this yeah. isn't mm-hmm. just playing at the arcade. This isn't right. just at the right. background of the dance. This is like mm-hmm. a a pivotal plot element <laughs> in Stranger Things. Yeah, am I somebody? Play that horn in my ear. <laughs> yeah, you're right, John. Yes. That, you, and as a result of that, mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. definitely more impactful, right? I, yes. I would be curious Absolutely. how much any of those other right. songs, like John saying, featured in the background, go up, maybe a little bit. Right. Well, and it's almost like they poise it. Like, let's pick a song that we want to make blow up in real world. Yeah. Let's make it so <laughs> important to these characters that you can't help but care about this song. And it, it boy, and it fit and it was great. It was well edited and- I went back and downloaded the song too. I, I did too. Them. Oh yes, yeah. I have it on my playlist now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will confess to you guys, I had never heard it. I don't know that I've ever heard a Kate Bush song. I know who Kate <sighs> Bush is. I know she was popular in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I confess the yeah. same. Yeah. I I was not aware of her. I I did hear her name eventually. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wasn't in tune with her. I was really drawn more towards um male mm-hmm. <laughs> artists at the time, and um yeah, so I I. 
Yeah, I couldn't have told you if I had heard mm-hmm. the song without knowing right. about it ahead of time. I could not have told you who it was or, or the name of the song. I she never opened yeah. for Duran Duran, so off Kate's radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Kat. In the re- you know, John, you're talking about picking a song that's going to blow up. Well, there's actually someone's job, and I wish this. Look, had I known when I was a young person that this oh, is a job right? you could have, I would have aimed to have this job. Yeah. But Nora Felder is the music supervisor for Stranger Things. And so her job mm. is they give her a script and she starts finding songs that go into different scenes. Mm. And she explained so cool. uh, in a number of different interviews how the challenge of finding a song that would play this pivotal role in the story, you know, be important mm-hmm. to this character. Mm-hmm. And she was looking mm-hmm. for a track, she said, that would resonate with her. And she felt, quote, a surge of excitement, end quote, when she made the, that connection to running up that hill. Yeah. And have you mm-hmm. listened to, now that you're downloaded, have you listened to the lyrics? Like it really oh fits gosh. with the character who it applies mm-hmm. to. Like this, of it's course, crazy. this would be important to this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the place that the character is in. I won't even say uh-huh. gender. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really great. Yeah. 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 Great and fit. on a few levels, I watched this YouTube video yeah. where they're analyzing, talking about different Easter eggs. And talking uh-huh. about how, well, the song means this on one level, but if you take it this other mm-hmm. level, it also applies to this other scenario. And I was like, oh my. Oh, yep. I need to watch It connects that. back to last season in ways. Yes. Oh yeah. It's, oh, what a great wow. choice. Look, for me, I think I've talked about this on the show when we did that uh, 30 seconds to decide if a new song was a hit or not. And we buzzed them out. <laughs> yeah. Anything right. that seems melancholy, mm-hmm. even remotely, I'm out. Yeah. Right. But there's right. something about that song. It's the chord, the intervals in the notes that when she's up mm-hmm. high and then she's down low Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really haunting in the phrase, uh, I make a deal with God. Oh my mm-hmm. God. It's just, mm-hmm. there, there's a hopefulness in the melancholy, isn't there? Yeah. there? There's a bit of a, like, like there's a silver lining to this cloud that you kind of get that yeah. impression. Yep. And there's cool keyboard sounds too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very 80s. It's great. Very, uh, very. So Noah Felder wanted the song, but they still needed the approval, of course, of Kate Bush. So they had to work with the uh, the folks who hold the publication rights. That was a Sony to music To which your agent said, Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, the VP of uh, creative marketing over at Sony Music Publishing got the uh, request, and I'm going to say her name is Wendy Crowley, even though it's spelled a little differently. Uh, but Crowley said, quote, Kate Bush is selected, but it comes to licensing her music. And because of that, we made sure to get the script pages and footage to her so she could review it and know exactly how it was going to be used. End quote. And as it turns out, Kate Bush was already a big fan of the show. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. They, they didn't have to persuade her. P.S. Kate likes to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> not for nothing. There's that, too. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. I, guess, I don't know. Kate Bush for me. Look, I don't know a single thing about her, but she seems to be one of those more crunchy granola type of artist. And I think, no, she doesn't need money. She might be living in a, a yurt, right. you know, right now in someone's backyard for all I know. <laughs> she's she's in, the, in Sinead O'Connor's backyard. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, in a rare public mm-hmm. statement, the British rock art legend shared her excitement about the renewed interest in mm-hmm. her tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, she published a statement on her website that read, uh, my song has been, quote, given a new, whole new lease on life by the young fans who love the show. I love it too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of this, Running Up That Hill is charting around the world and has entered the UK chart at number eight. That's so cool. A song that's over 30 years old. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks very much to everyone who supported the song. I wait with bated breath for the rest of the series in July. <laughs> uh, did you see that some yeah. of her fans, some of her OG fans yep. were annoyed oh. or expressing their annoyance that her, this song or Kate Bush was only just being discovered by other people. <laughs> oh, again, I, nobody yeah. is holding up your eyes, clockwork orange style, forcing you to watch Stranger Things. Go listen oh to your vinyl. <laughs> just the best I can do. 
<laughs> this is not offensive. I'm on your team. I love the. Yes. The more I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first thing I thought was what John just said about fans. The fans, fans are the worst. Fans can be yeah. so crazy. So I'm glad she put that statement out because oh. it's, it's a nice way of shutting down her original fans. Mm. If she's happy about it and she's pleased that yeah. she has new fans, that she's being rediscovered. Mm -hmm. ha, can't argue with that, right? Yeah. Although some people will. Yeah, I'm going to get a bigger year. <laughs> Have you seen the outstanding meme someone made? It's got Marty McFly at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance when he was playing the, the Johnny B. Good. But uh -huh. they put Kate Bush's face on it and it says, maybe this is a little ahead of your time, but your kids are going to love it. Oh, that's Ooh, perfect. It's perfect nice. fit. Yep. Nice. Yep. Sure enough. Perfect. Yep. Maybe it won't yeah. be popular in our time, but eventually you guys will catch on and realize how great yep. this is. <laughs> Look, I, can, I, I think I could, I don't want to say I'm borderline, borderline toxic fan even, but I do feel defensive when Younger people, they know something about our, something from mm. our generation, but not the whole thing. So they, they get something part of it wrong. And then watching these yeah. YouTube videos, even Easter egg videos on Stranger Things, it's like, well, this is like this thing from the 19. I'm like, no, you almost mm. got it. But <laughs> that does send, set me off a little bit. Yeah. Nirvana is not a t-shirt brand. Yeah. <laughs> now I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the uh, fans had uh, criticized Kate Bush for selling out, which reminds me of our next story uh, in other 1980s oh. news per the Atlanta Black Star. Fans defend Ice T from an internet troll. Mm -hmm. And that was today's forced segue. <laughs> Wait. Ding! <laughs> so the incident started after uh, the I'm Your Pusher MC took to his Twitter page where he shared some words of affirmation, writing, classic mm -hmm. ice cold fact. Don't worry about what people think about you because they probably don't think about you that much anyway. End quote. Mm -hmm. Now that I think about it, I think this is a paraphrasing of something that Ele Eleanor Roosevelt is attributed to have said. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it is. Uh, but anyway, um, mm -hmm. while many fans shared the post, several of which agreed with the 64-year-old in the comment section, one, mm -hmm. and again, if you're following Ice-T, doesn't that suggest you're a fan? So now you're a fan, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, one felt the need to tell the actor about himself, declaring, you're a disgrace to gangster rap, Finn referring to his uh, character, he plays mm, with character. Law and Order. Mm. You sold the culture out for it, that TV check. Mm. The Law and Order SVU star addressed his critic, quoting the post stating, quote, LOL, says a bum sitting on somebody else's car. Clown ass. <laughs> Wait, and the clown emoji. That's the best part. Oh, yeah. Yes, there is a little clown emoji. <laughs> you know, so many times I'm like, when am I going get, to get to use this? Yeah, that's the, that's the, the chef kiss at the end of that tweet. He was referring to the the, uh, <laughs> the, the his critic's uh, profile photo that showed him sitting on the hood mm -hmm. of a luxurious white sports car that, uh, look, yes. maybe it's his car. I don't know, but ICE is suggesting it probably isn't. We don't know. But, uh, folks, yeah. of course, shot uh, to his defense, one saying, uh, wow, Triley, that's the user who was posting uh, against uh, Ice-T, criticizing Ice-T. Wow, mm -hmm. Triley, you're just hating Actually, they wrote, you're just hatting. You're just hatting. Which maybe, <laughs> huh. Now, just like Ice-T, I'm going to make an assumption and assume that it's just a slight typo. typo. Just Ice a typo, one of the clown original... ass. <laughs> what kind of ass? What? Clown ass. Cloud ass. <laughs> clown ass. You got... I'm going to use that from now on. Ice-T has coined clown ass for me. I'm clown using. ass. Well, see, I thought you were saying cloud ass, like it got autocorrected. 
<laughs> no. Ice-T no. is one of the original OGs of gangsta rap and always will be. If he dropped a double album mm-hmm. tomorrow, it would sell. Mm-hmm. And another person writing, you don't spend your entire life doing gangsta shit. Fool, Ice is a businessman. Look at Young Thug and Gunna. I don't know who either mm-hmm. those folks are. Well, yeah. Staying gangsta your entire life gets you behind bars or six feet under. Oh, this, this is almost a rap. Look at, yeah. young, look at young Thug and Gunna. Staying gangsta your entire life gonna put you... Uh, I'm not a rapper. Six feet under. I, I, ice that was keep, great. Ice keep, I'm cutting it all out. Ice, keep doing your thing. I love Ice-T. For the record, yeah. I have been a long time, long time fan of Ice-T. I don't know if you'd peg me as a long time Ice-T fan, but I have since six I in the morning. Okay. Oh, I haven't pegged love you. Love his work. I don't know what your favorite music is, John. I need to get, learn get this about you. Very eclectic. No. Yeah. This whole okay. article reminded yep. me of, of a track from one of his favorite songs called Personal mm-hmm. that I always oh. really liked. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me see where it is. I love oh, this. Hang on, I'll give you a beat. Which, which I do. Oh. <laughs> <Would> you? <laughs> You're going to quote it, I guess, right? Where is the line? Right oh, cadence. yeah. Well, yeah. It's for personal. He says, take it personal, punk. I'm talking to you. And if they agree with you, then your crew too. I never diss an MC. I wish them all good luck. But if you diss me in my face, duck. Clown ass. Mm. I love clown ass. That's at the end. That should be from clown now on. Ass. He needs a track clown ass now. Right on. I'm ready. Yeah, that is perfect. That's the name of the double album. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> now, this isn't the first time that uh, Ice has uh, addressed this issue of cross trying to cross over after he's, you know, uh, has mm-hmm. a history of associating with uh, gangster rap. Mm-hmm. In uh, June of 2021, he revealed that uh, his complex image nearly ruined his career, saying, quote, it was difficult because I'm the cop killer. Right. Yeah. Now, he, he hasn't killed the cop. He's referring to a song that he... Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Quote, everybody in the mainstream was like, they won't fuck with you because you're too taboo. And I was like, right. And then Snoop started knocking down walls. That's my mm-hmm. brother. So Snoop was going through doors and I'm like, look, Snoop's making it through these doors. Let's try. Hey, I didn't mm-hmm. know he yeah. was in Breakin' and Electric. Oh, my Blue. God. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just watched those recently and I was like, wait, what? So I had to go back and yeah. find him. Well, I think him playing a, a detective is, is, is so many times you have these, you know, soft actors who came out of acting school and they're actors and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, Ice T, he lived, he lived in gangs. He lived on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows what he knows of which he speaks when he's acting and he's talking right. about this stuff going on uh, that he's acting about and around. And so right. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, he's no longer playing the part of a thug, but he comes from those roots and he absolutely knows yeah. What he's talking about when he addresses it in that show. It has, to your point, gravitas behind it uh, outside of just yeah. being an actor. You know, So yeah, I think absolutely. it's appropriate there. And I thought it was great him finally picking up uh, some acting chops that uh, he, I think he does great in too. Nothing mm-hmm. more to be said about that. I'm not even going to add a chime because then I, you know. All right. <laughs> Ding. Hey, that was 1980s. Hey, this is Jeff. And Richard. And Michael from Mount Rushmore. But not the actual Mount Rushmore, like the monument, because that'd be weird. No, we mean the Mount Rushmore podcast. Every week, Richard and I debate what belongs on the Mount Rushmore of any topic. It might be the Mount Rushmore of fake Elvises or something weighty and important. Like the Mount Rushmore of jackets. And when they're done, I judge them and decide whose choices were right and mainly whose choices were wrong. With more than 100 episodes of nonsense, you'll find a topic that, you know, you actually care about. Especially if you feel strongly about jackets. Or grandmothers. See, oh, yeah, or Ikea. Canadians. See, listen, this, this is what I have to deal with. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or check us out at mtrushmore.com. 
Hey, if you like this show, and you know you do, because I'm oh, your yeah. pusher. I know I do. <laughs> uh, what's the worst song you pusher, John? I'm your money, I'm your money, Emma. Was it? I'm your brother, I'm your daddy, I'm, I'm your the something, something in the alley. <laughs> that was a lot of time spent on a song that we actually turned out not to know the lyrics to, but it's a I- good song. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Right, hey, if yeah. you like, I'll skip y'all. Hey, if you like the show, please go go to uh, wherever, whatever platform you're listening to right now, rate, review, follow us Think. there, subscribe, go on Facebook, share a post. All these things are free and make a huge impact uh, into to the success of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be telling you the true tale of uh, a crime that took place in the 1980s in the country of Japan. And now just a few <laughs> note for folks that are joining us for the first time because they saw true crime in it. This is a really a true crime. But look, generally mm-hmm. we talk about 1980s pop culture from week to week. We've done the true crime thing a couple of times now before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, right? That's all the notes we need, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> what was that? What was that? What very was dramatic that? mouse click. Was that a mouse? <laughs> that was clickbait. Oh, I thought that was John literally shutting us down, like he like turned him off the screen. I am so done with it. It's like a mic drop, but on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Mouse drop. Mouse Mouse dropping. Mouse dropping. Oh dear. Our show is being compared to rodent excrement. That's what Kat said. I don't, I don't feel that way. (laughs) He said mic drop and then I said mouse drop and then that was it. Yeah. All right. Kat gets one too. Um, oh, thanks. All right. So anyway, I'm going to look, I'm going to look just like a lot of these. Look, I listened to a bunch of true crime podcasts and there's a few elements that I learned about them, right? So that we could be able to do this one. Now there's a few mm-hmm. different kinds. Now they have ones where, you know, people are drinking alcohol and telling true crime, all different kinds of things to make it more interesting. But at the base, at the root, some of the most successful ones are you got a serious person telling you a story with music playing in the background. They end uh-huh. on some kind of like cliffhanger line. The music changes. Mm-hmm. And then they come mm-hmm. back with more story. <laughs> that's the basic rhythm of it. So that's what I'm going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And in my uh, best, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know, what is it? Uh, Bill Curtis, uh, something along those lines. Uh, the guy. <laughs> Why are you hiding your face? I'm going to hide my face. You should hide your face. <laughs> what? Why are you telling me to hide? Now I'm going to flip it around. Why are you telling me to hide my face? <laughs> So you can't see me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not going to be looking anyway. All right. So that's that. All right. So okay, here we good. go. All right. So um, look, uh, also, if you have any questions, because it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. comments, peanut gallery stuff, whatever, just you, you can interrupt mm-hmm. me and we'll talk about it and then we can get back to it. doesn't matter. I'm so okay. excited. <laughs> Uncle Will, tell me a story. All right. Let's get, uh, let's get the music going here. All right. It was March 1984. Although the sun had set a few hours earlier on the city of Nishinomiya, Japan, two men had just begun their nefarious work. With guns in hand, the soon-to-be criminals stood just outside the front door of 70-year-old Yoshi Etsaki. As soon as the elderly woman began her nighttime ablutions, the men their faces obscured by white ski masks, burst in, easily subduing the frail Yoshi. The pair bound her with a severed telephone cord. But to her great fortune, their only interest was in a single tiny item in her possession, the key to her son's home. Huh. Just trying to take it in. 
I'm just trying to take it in. Yep. <laughs> now, so far, this has the potential to be the most dangerous of the true crime stories we've done because we've done with some of the high scores on the video game. We've done with Garfield phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's actually criminals involved now. Potential for a key party coming up, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> we need this one key. Mm-hmm. John will have to explain how that works. Later. Moments after terrorizing Yoshi. The evil duo slunk through the dark of night to the home next door, the dwelling of Katsuhisa Itsaki, the president of the Glico Company. Using the stolen key, the masked gunman quietly entered the home before them, but the quiet did not last long. Soon, a shriek erupted from Itsaki's stunned wife as she clung to her eldest daughter. Take our money, she pleaded. I just realized this is not funny at all. Cat oh is God. so used to these things being a goof. He's <laughs> just not only, ready for this. I, we only did it that one other time and I couldn't, I just couldn't help myself because of your voice. But I'm listening to the details and I'm like, yeah, this isn't funny. But funny. I love your voice. Hey, hey, not funny, Cat. Not yeah, funny. Easy. Not funny. God. Take our money, she pleaded. But leave us alone. Oh, now I realize I got to do another voice for the bad guys. Huh? Oh. It's not a bedtime story. You're just a narrator. You don't have to do no, no, different no, no. voices do voice for every It's going to be important later on. Oh, okay. It's like an audio uh, voice. Let's see. Uh, see you're, uh... <laughs> all right. I, all right. I got, a, I got a bad guy voice. Sorry. All right. Take, but I'm not going to do the, the voice of the woman. Just She's going to be the narrator. Rip off. <laughs> Take our money, she pleaded, but leave us alone. Your money is meaningless. Came the response of one of the assailants. Then, after binding their new captives together, the burglars moved deeper into the home. Uh. It's okay, right? I mean, we could have a riot in our podcast. Every episode doesn't have to be a top 10 list of some sort, right? All right. No. Certainly. Damn it, John. You got to be honest with me. I I did tell you're holding back. Just because you want to do it on Gen X Grown Up. I mean, I didn't mean that in a mean way. I just meant you have your, you know. It's, it's a little hard to tell. Damn it. <laughs> the cost of this, this episode is going to be our friendship. Oh, no. <laughs> not bloody likely. I mean, not bloody likely. <laughs> the two thugs crept throughout the home of Katsuhisa Itsaki. The remaining residents, unaware of their alarming presence, opening one door, then another, they carefully checked each room along their path. That's helpful. <laughs> then they found the other Etsaki children sleeping comfortably in their beds. I think <laughs> he's a fully My artist. Favorite. What? <laughs> My favorite part is hearing you pronounce the names in that oh, yeah. voice, the Japanese names. Yeah, I'm, probably, so I'm probably screwing up all the pronunciation too, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, John. That's helping, I think. A little foley. It's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but soon. No. Oh. But the sound of running water soon drew their attention to the end of the hall. There, the criminals found a white noise machine. And for some strange reason, he had a tiger in a cage. (laughs) That was locked up with a clown horn. (laughs) 
okay, all right, okay, all right. Let's see, where are we going? Okay. 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 At this point, it's just for Will's entertainment, I think. The criminals <laughs> found the head of the household undressed and unaware as he emerged from the bath. Immediately, the masked men were upon him, binding the naked man and shrouding his head in a canvas sack. Dragging him past his terrified wife and back outside, the duo stuffed the Glico president into a waiting car, which sped into the darkness. <laughs> Glico? Glico. Can you spell that, please? G-L-I-C-O. Okay. All right. You're not Glico. Googling it while we're talking, though, right? I'm tempted, but no. No, no, no. no. Don't do it. I'm going to tell do you. It. No, I'm not going to do it. Just do it. Here. Be in the moment. Right. Just be in the moment. I'm in the moment. I'm in this moment. <laughs> you couldn't possibly escape. By sunrise the next morning, the police had already been busy trying to determine the motivation for the abduction of Glico's president. Founded a century ago by Riichi Itsaki, Glico established itself quickly as a popular brand of confections. Mm. Their products, the company boasted, were made with health-boosting oyster glycogen. Oh. Mm. Right? Mmm. Uh, wow. Get that inside you. <laughs> as the decades rolled on, Glico added new delights to its offerings. Then, in 1966, Glico introduced its now internationally renowned treat, Pocky. The world's first mm. chocolate-covered biscuit sticks. Pocky. You familiar with Fused Pocky? with oyster yes. juice. <laughs> right now you know your Pocky's got oyster in it. Oh my gosh. My, my son and his girlfriend yep. love Pocky. Oh. <laughs> and I've had Every third box has a pearl in it. <laughs> That's pretty good odds. <laughs> Sorry, try again. But every box has oyster in it, <laughs> so... That's the trade-off. <laughs> in 1984, however, Glico was just a mid-sized, mediocre food processor. That its owner would be targeted struck investigators as odd. But then, a clue was found. <gasps> you know, I'm reading this a lot more slowly than I rehearsed. This is going to be a four-hour show. We're definitely going to have to do this in four parts or three parts. <laughs> four parts? I'll just speed it up. Don't speed up now. You're just pulling us in. Yeah. Just hours after Etsaki disappeared, a letter materialized, Ooh. discovered at a telephone booth near the Etsaki residence. The note requested approximately $4.3 million for the safe return of the Glico president. Ooh. While acquiring this sum would have been difficult, the next demand was nigh impossible. Uh -oh. The kidnappers also required 220 pounds of gold bullion, bringing the total of the demand to approximately $6 million. Mm. It was the largest ransom ever made in Japanese history. I thought you were going to say 220 pounds of Pockies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say 220 gallons of oyster juice. Oh, <laughs> just the juice. <laughs> Determined to bring Etsaki home, the police spent the next three days searching for the missing man. But their investigation was interrupted by the appearance of a barefoot stranger. Huh? 
I was going to say, look, I don't write the story. I just read it, but no, I wrote this one based on <laughs> you wrote things. You wrote this one. You know, that's the other thing I should say, by the way. There's a lot of versions of this story online. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Parsing out what really happened, I, I don't know. So there's other podcasts you can go to that have it, probably. And, and now this is one of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meaning this one. There's other, mm-hmm. you can read about it, I guess is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want facts. But if you want sound effects, this is the yeah. place to be. Get John. Bill Curtis. Although his feet were bare, the man was clothed, albeit with ill-fitting attire. He shambled across the street toward the officer on the opposite corner. The policeman was busy, speaking with passersby, flashing a photo of Etsaki as they paused. I gotta tell you, Kat, you don't know this, but every time I get a word right grammatically, I think of you. Like the fact that I said passersby when I wrote this, I was like, Cat would get this. I thumbs. She'll be up, proud of this. Double thumbs up. I love shambled. I love yeah. ill-fitting. Oh yeah. <laughs> Finally, standing before the lawman, the barefoot stranger spoke with a weak voice. I am the one you're looking for. Oh. Once in police custody, Katsuhisa Itsaki detailed his 72-hour ordeal. Although a bag had been kept over his head during his captivity, his assailants had otherwise treated him humanely. Oh, they good. clothed the naked man, fed him crackers. What are they, oyster crackers? <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> had to be, had to be oyster crackers. <laughs> oyster crackers. Being able to loosen the ropes that bound him, Etsaki was ultimately able to escape. Oh. But his freedom didn't end his persecution from his mysterious captors. They wanted the clothes back, right? <laughs> yes. They wanted the sack one. back off his head. It was. All right, now I got yeah. a prop here I'm going to use here for the bad guys to talk. you put a sack over your head? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got to think just, it's not a prop so much as it's going to help with the effect, okay? He's got a megaphone. <laughs> if I could, if I see if I could do this without causing an incredible amount of feedback that has us all lose our hearing. <laughs> There's so many of you. What on earth are you doing? If you are real pros, try catching me. A mysterious letter had been delivered to the police. Since there's too much of a handicap, I'll give you a hint. Oh. The letter went on to include the following hints. That the getaway vehicle was gray, and that the abductors had purchased food from a well-known supermarket chain. (laughs) They further taunted the police by threatening, Should we kidnap the head of police next? The note was signed. Kaiden, no, Kai, 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 Kaijin Niju, Kaijin Nijuchi Menso, the monster <laughs> with 21 faces. Oh my. Mm. Why do bad guys like to give away clues? You're right. It's like a Batman keeper or something, right? Yeah. Like the huh. Joker or something, yeah. you know, why do they do that? <laughs> I don't know. John? They seek- it's all part of the game. They're trying mm. to, I'm a professional, I'm smarter than the cops, and I'm going to give you a clue to show you just how good I am. I think mm-hmm. actually, Kat you're, and John, you're onto something that turns out to be true about this keeper. Ooh, yeah. okay. Ding! About a month. <laughs> about a month after the abduction, Etsaki had returned to his work at Glico and was leading another of his many routine meetings. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, one of Etsaki's oh. assistants burst excitedly into the conference room, terror in her eyes. Oh, so she wasn't excited. 
<laughs> oh, burst into the conference room, terror in her eyes. But before she could speak, one of the meeting's attendees shrieked. What happened to the sound effects? Uh, oh, yeah. I, pff, get in the moment, man. Drawing Itsaki's view to a nearby window, peering through the glass, Itsaki watched in horror as several vehicles in the parking lot below were engulfed in flames. Oh. Hurrying through the Glico facility, Itsaki came upon another astonishing sight. There, inside the company building, employees had discovered a container full of hydrochloric acid. Oh. As the deadly vessel was discovered, an anonymous caller phoned Glico. Hmm. Have you solved the mystery yet? No. Not yet. No. The call was direct. <laughs> it sounds like a, uh, the call the was call collected. It was coming from inside the building. Collect. <laughs> the call was direct. A one-time payment of approximately $1.3 million would bring Glico's torment to an end. <laughs> After Etsaki refused to pay the demand, the police became more determined to find the culprits. The location of the deadly chemical led police to believe it was an inside job. Mm. It was coming from inside the building. <laughs> the chemicals are coming from inside. Tainted oyster juice. <laughs> Disgruntled employees were added to the growing list of suspects. Mm. But then, with the ransom unpaid, and the investigation ongoing, the true target of the monster became clear. Letters began arriving at media outlets throughout Osaka. For years, Glico had touted their food products as wholesome and health-boosting. Mm. And, and full of oyster juice. And full of oyster mm -hmm. juice. Now, <laughs> Glico's confections, the screeds suggested, had been laced with cyanide. Mm. That's one of the worst Ides there are. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's a good Ide? Is, are there any good Ides? Like there, there should be. The Ides of March are bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Following the May 1984 letters, panic erupted across Japan. Retailers everywhere pulled Glico products from their shelves. Supermarkets oh urged citizens to return any confections they may have at home. Mm. Yet... After the dust settled, hey, yet after the <laughs> trying to work hay in at that voice, hey, <laughs> what if this character did hey? After the dust, hey, another light ate eight A's doors. I thought the culprit was Fat Albert. <laughs> hey, hey, oyster juice for everybody. Supermarkets urged citizens to return. Wait, 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 what happened to Cat? Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Did we break cat? <laughs> okay. Hey, but hey, but body. Okay. Right. Supermarkets urge citizens to return any confections they may have at home. Yet, after the dust from the ensuing chaos settled, not a single trace of the toxin was found in any of Glico's products. Nevertheless, the damage had been done. The stunt Bullshit. took a toll on Glico's bottom line. 
Itzaki predicted the year's sales would be off by about $130 million. Well, now they're mm. never going to get their ransom. <laughs> it's costing more because they didn't pay it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The company was forced to lay off 1,000 employees. But this was enough to satisfy the monster with 21 faces who forgave Glyco. Glico. Who the hell's Glyco? Glico. Point of, point of clarification. Yeah. So the monster with too many faces yeah. was satisfied now that they just lost a bunch of money? Seems right. So. so he wasn't actually that interested in the ransom. He was more interested in causing damage to Glico Glyco. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Again, you're kind of anticipating because, oh, the story continues. Oh, son of a bitch. All right. I thought it was over. I was, I'm trying to read into it. Yeah, I was trying more, to figure yeah. it out. Oh, I thought it was and done. That's what, no, there's more here. Son of a That's what true crime is all uh, about. And you, did you say guy. forgiven? Yes, Forget forgiven. The- they forgave Glyco. Glico. Damn it, John. You've reinforced <laughs> it now. Glico. <laughs> there actually is more to the story, though. Let's see. Mm, all right. Oh, boy. All right. We're just getting started, guys. You need a pee break? Thank goodness. Do you need a bathroom Uh, break? No. I'm okay. (laughs) When we return, hour four. (laughs) Three hours later. In June of 1984, the monster announced a surprising turn in another letter to the press. To our fans throughout Japan, we're satisfied. The president of Glico has already gone around with his head hanging down low enough. We would like to forgive him. In our group, there's a four-year-old kid. Every day, he cries for Glico. It's a drag to make a kid cry because he's deprived of the candy he loves. So, we're also really upset. I mean, it would be great if we could forgive Glico so the supermarkets could sell their products again. Actual letter. Okay. (laughs) I thought surely there was creative license there. No. No. There's Same, a four-year-old who doesn't like that the like, candy's not available at the corner market, so let's all be good again. Let's all be friends. You ever have those pockies? Pocky for everyone. Damn. <laughs> Do they also make they also make the little fudge-filled bears? That's the one I like. Oh, yeah. I don't oh. know what those are called. Oh, you don't know the fudge-filled bears? Oh, fudge damn. Fudge-filled bears? I've Makes never had Pocky taste like garbage. The fudge-filled bears are the best. Hey, Whoa. Is it, I don't know what it's called. We'll find out. Also with oyster. It's not important. In truth, <laughs> although the monster turned its sights away from Glico, it had already been harassing other food companies. Oh. And this time, it was prepared to make good on its threats. Let's uh, uh, put this together. This is a. Uh, the monster is confusing me. In the weeks prior to ending its feud with Glico, the monster with 21 faces had already begun threatening the food company Moradai Ham. And on the same day they forgave Glico, the criminal group demanded Moradai executives to pay 50 million yen to avoid their ire. Unlike Glico, Moradai agreed. But instead of sending an employee with the money, as the mysterious blackmailers had insisted. A policeman disguised as an employee followed the monster's instructions and boarded a Kyoto-bound train. Mm. 
How do you disguise yourself as a food employee? He's got like a like a Del Monte name tag. What do you? A mustard you know? stain on your shirt? You have a smock. Yeah. Hairnet. What do you? Mm-hmm. Hairnet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. And a smell of chocolate or something. I'm totally not a cop. Yes. <laughs> so so th- they forgave Glico and yeah. said, yeah, oh, let's right. yeah let's blackmail some mm-hmm. other food company now. Yeah. That, let's pick something our four-year-old doesn't like. <laughs> Wait, what is more dynamic? How about Brussels sprouts? Brussels. Who makes Brussels sprouts? <laughs> the manufacturer of Brussels sprouts <laughs> sent an undercover cop smelling of Brussels sprouts. More to die, Brussels. Did you say his name was Mordecai Brussels? <laughs> yes. It's not, but yes. As the train barreled north. The disguised officer scanned the terrain outside for the signal. A white flag would be hung somewhere. At that moment, the imposter employee was to toss the ransom-filled sack from the train window. But as the officer watched for his cue, he noticed a man watching him. Oh. A large man with short hair and eyes like those of a fox peered surreptitiously through his glasses at the officer. <laughs> surreptitiously got you? Oh, you're, oh, oh, you're imitating it? <laughs> That's an awesome word. Yes. While being mindful of his audience, the officer continued to look outside. But by the time the train reached Kyoto, the signal had never appeared. And the fox-eyed man had vanished. Having reached the end of the line, the officer caught the next train bound for home. But he wasn't the only one headed back to Osaka. Fox-eyed gentleman. Mm. You still looking up fudge uh, bears, John? No, I sent you a link. Oh, they're called Hello Panda. Yeah, you know, I'll read it after I'm done doing this thing that we're doing right now—a podcast. You're doing a show, <laughs> right? I was listening to, was... to Brussels sprouts. It's not me for once. <laughs> Exhausted and frustrated, the disguised police officer rose as soon as the train arrived back at Osaka. It was then that he noticed a familiar face there at the other end of the car sat the bespeckled, the bespectacled mm. fox-eyed man. <laughs> he was bespeckled. <laughs> He's both. He, I meant to say that. He walked through a paint sprinkler and was very speckled. <laughs> He's both. He's like, I hope this doesn't make me stand out. <laughs> His nickname was Jimmy Dalmatian. <laughs> bespectacled fox-eyed man. Their eyes connected just as the doors of the train opened as the officer hurried toward the suspicious man. The man hurried from the train, and by the time the policeman reached the platform, the fox had eluded him. But it wouldn't be long before the police would have another chance to capture this curious suspect. Their next encounter, however, would have deadly consequences. Uh-oh. I love how he turned into just a fox now. <laughs> mm-hmm. A speckled fox. Yes. 
by October of 1984, the monster with 21 faces had added another food company to its who to extort oh, wow. list. What now? <laughs> the mysterious criminals had demanded $400,000 from Moranonga and company. Unlike their other ransom demands, however, this letter from the monster also included 30 grams of cyanide, a oh. substance lethal if consumed. That small but deadly quantity foreshadowed the scores of terror yet to come. For when the Mordenanga Company refused to reply, an even more frightening note arrived at news agencies throughout Japan. Uh-oh. We got a note, another letter? Check. Another, oh, yes, check, another check, letter! Check. I, this is my favorite part. The letter's my favorite part. <sighs> Two moms throughout Japan. In autumn, when appetites are strong, sweets are delicious. Well, we've added some special flavor. The flavor of cyanide is a little bitter. It won't cause tooth decay, so buy the sweets for your kids. We've put 20 boxes of Morinaga in stores from Hakata to Tokyo. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Terror struck Japan. No longer was Osaka the sole target. 40,000 police officers were mobilized throughout the country. And as the officers continued to search stores in cities across Japan, they found what they were looking for. Uh-oh. Several packages of Morinanga choco balls and angel pies. So they're looking for boxes? Of this company's product, which have ostensibly been laced with cyanide. Right. And mm -hmm. so how, yeah, how, what are they going to open all the boxes, every single box they can find? And taste them and see if they die. <laughs> <laughs> see if they die. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. Okay, several okay. packages of Moranaga choco, choco balls. Huh. Oh, that's so hard to say. Choco ball. Choco balls. <laughs> say it again. Chocolate say it balls. again. I love choco it. Choco balls. <laughs> One more time. Moranaga choco, choco. Oh, choco. It okay. It's becoming meaningless. You know that. Choco balls and angel pie, angel pies placed on shelves in Osaka, Kyoto, and a department store in Nagoya had a curious label affixed to them. It read, Danger contains poison. You'll die if you eat this. The monster with 21 faces. What? what? You labeled them? Truth in advertising. He didn't want to get sued for that. Oh, false advertising. He's clear of all liability. Contains oyster glycogen and poison. Damn it, Choco this. Balls. It was the Choco. It was the Choco Balls. Choco. That doesn't sound right. Choco Balls. Choco Balls. I feel for you. Choco Balls. Choco Balls. <laughs> Chuck balls, let me eat you, let me eat you, chuck balls. That's all exactly. I want to do. The commercial. Put him in the writing room. Chuck a chuck a balls. After this phase of the ordeal chuka, chuka, had chuka, ended. Chuka what are you, chuck a chicken balls? What? Chuck a chuck balls. It's that song, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. 
Mellow yellow. Chica, chica. That, yeah. Chica, chica. Chica, chica, balls, balls. Chica, chica, balls. <laughs> ball, 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 ball. <laughs> After what? this phase of the ordeal ended. Oh, no. Not the end of the ordeal. Several packages were confirmed to contain lethal doses of cyanide. Ooh. But the terrorists didn't wait for authorities to finish their accounting. In the hmm. coming weeks, more letters arrived. Each threatened a repeat offense with one Ooh. change. The mysterious extortionists wrote, <gasps> Mordenaga is the best when it comes to confections. But now their products taste a bit better since we've added a special seasoning of sodium cyanide. This time, however, the monster <laughs> made it clear that the deadly packages would not carry a warning. It oh. would be impossible to find the dangerous treats. A panic similar to the one following the Glico threats ensued. Mm. Mm. Every mm -hmm. Morananga candy, biscuit, and cookie, and a few taco balls, <laughs> for good measure, was pulled <laughs> from store shelves. And though not a single poisoned confection was consumed, Morananga's bottom line was damaged. Oh, right in the chocolate balls. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, after weeks of harassment, House Foods, yet another of the monster's targets, agreed to pay $450,000 to rid themselves of their plight. So, huh. on November 14th, 1984, a House Foods employee followed the instructions the extortionists had given. The police likewise observed the employee from a safe distance. But, <laughs> no disguises this time. <laughs> no hair nets. No. <laughs> but as the worker with money in hand neared the drop-off location in the Shiga prefecture, he could not find a garbage bin marked with a white cloth. Oh. The one in which he was to dispose of the ransom. This is the second time that's happening. Yeah. Huh. Instead, a white cloth lay on the ground nearby, signaling that the monster had called the deal off. But police everywhere were on high alert. So, it was no surprise when one officer spotted a familiar, bespectacled, and fox-eyed man behind the wheel of a nearby car. Fox. Fox is back. Guess who's back? <laughs> John's now bespectacled. Did he add the specs too? Mm -hmm. yeah, spritz himself. Yeah, oh yeah, be speckled and be spectacled. <laughs> Once again, the police pursued their key suspect, this time in a vehicle. But as it was before, the phantom eluded law enforcement. A short time later, the police found the fox eyed man's car abandoned in a nearby railroad station. Oh. Inside, they found what may have explained how the monster continued to evade authorities. There, in the vehicle, a police scanner. Having confirmed their suspicions about the fox-eyed man, 
police released sketches of the suspect. This increased effort, however, could not lessen the shame of the officer leading the investigation that saw the monster slip through its fingers. Mm. Humiliated, Superintendent Yamamoto of the Shia Prefecture stepped into his backyard, doused himself with kerosene, and lit himself on fire. I was just gonna say, ask, oh no, is he gonna- Damn! Oh man! The death of Superintendent Yamamoto prompted another correspondence from the monster. Oh, it's my favorite part. Ooh. Here we go. <laughs> no career Yamamoto died like a man. So, we've decided to give our condolences. We decided to forget about torturing food companies. We're bad guys, which means we've got more to do than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Your bad guy voice is so creepy. Well, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and after this, the monster with 21 faces was never heard from again. And nearly 40 years later, the identity of the person or people or woman, it could be a woman, let's, let's not be sexist about it, but probably it was a man. Women don't usually do crazy shit like this. The people behind the criminal organization still remain a mystery. No, we don't know who did this. Those who had better things to do than well, torture. likely dead by now, right? Now, so. there's That's some true. theories. So, uh, throughout the investigation, the police interviewed at least 125,000 suspects. Disgruntled wow. employees, stock manipulators, North Korean secret agents, and even the original kidnap victim himself, the president of Glico. Yeah. Uh, one of the theories was that maybe they, the folks, these uh, the, the monster was trying to drive stock prices down mm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were shorting stock or looking to buy low. Mm -hmm. um, they thought that, um, again, it might be as a disgruntled employee who, because the, someone had access to the building or knew how to get into the building. Mm -hmm. um, but each of the people they considered was cleared. Uh, the most likely suspect was actually Manubu Miyatsaki, the son of a known Yakuza boss, who was also Ooh. a criminal himself. Mm -hmm. The police had identified him as the fox-eyed man at one point. Um, because of his resemblance, um, but mm -hmm. he had, uh, and he actually had been involved, been involved in a labor dispute with Glico at one point, 10 years earlier, mm. but oh. he had an alibi and it checked out. So some folks say, well, I mean, it's a gangster. So I'm sure he could have an alibi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, did I miss something or did they never actually claim any ransom money? Right. Yep. Is that right? That's they right. Never. Through all of this, they never made a dime actually. Yep. And, and yes. And the uh, investigators noticed that as well and thought it doesn't seem like they were maybe interested in actually getting the money ever. Mm -hmm. it, another, that makes it even more twisted. <laughs> another theory they had was maybe they were just trying to understand how the police worked um, because they were monitoring the police as they had them on this wild goose chase. Huh. Um, to what uh, end? Another thing, just for the, for the sake of time, because this story was already long, they um, sent a number of humiliating letters to the police you guys are terrible. You're bad at your job. Mm -hmm. Here's more clues. Wow. Uh, so another theory was that they were just trying to humiliate peace police for some reason. Right, and the clues. And when shit got real because somebody killed themselves, you know, they finally mm -hmm. got out of it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Or was there a larger crime going on and this was the flag crime to draw attention uh, while yeah. they did something mm-hmm. more nefarious? Could be, yeah. Or, or mm-hmm. learn how the police operate to then commit that other crime. Yeah. Right. Because they did have better things to do. Now, supposedly there's been a, that's right. Supposedly there's been a number of copycats over the last several decades. I think one even within the last few years and police have been captured a number of those folks. Hmm. Uh, and actually I left out of the letter how they do say in this, <laughs> in their final letter, they do say, if anybody else does this, it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. And they, they wouldn't We're lie. <laughs> yeah, of course right. not. They put stickers right. on the can- and the balls. On the Choco Balls. That was so noble Mm -hmm. of them and honorable. Yeah. Choco Balls. (laughs) That's the best song ever. It's come out of the 1980s. Choco Balls. Choco (laughs) Balls. All right. Hey, that's that. If you made it to the end, congratulations. (laughs) I wish like Willy Wonka, we could give you a chocolate factory. Maybe the Glico Corporation. (laughs) Some Pocky. Some Hello Panda. (laughs) I got some golden bullion. Except not. I didn't accept it. (laughs) I got a golden (laughs) bullion. I got some oyster glycogen. Uh, so, hey, look, uh, normally we talk about 1980s pop culture from a lighter side, but uh, we like to mix it up every now and then, if only for the uh, clickbait. Uh, I mean, possibility of learning something new about the 1980s. John is clicking again. Click, click, and along click. those lines, look, we've got a lot of stuff coming up, including, hey, John, I didn't tell you about this. We've got a professor Ooh. that's going to come on and talk to us about time travel in 1980s movies. Woo-hoo. Sold. Ready. He is yes. like, he uses a lot John's of John's already there. He's waiting for us. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Come back in time. Get back in the booth. I just did that interview. I'll see you there next week. Was it good? <laughs> I mean, will it be good? Yes. Will it? Yes. Will it be good? <laughs> will it be good? Get my tenses right. Yeah, you're right. Please do. Yeah. Uh, what else are we doing? Oh, hey, guess what? We also uh, rescheduled our interview with Julie Brown. That's also going to be another mm-hmm. Facebook Live. So we're going to be chatting with her in the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. We also got a Facebook live trivia coming up in just a couple of weeks where we're going to have a surprise celebrity guest mm-hmm. and other stuff. So there's lots of reasons to come back, even if you hated this episode. Did you, did you skip to the end of this part just to hear this? That's, that'd be weird. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. I, <laughs> just as Maybe twisted we, as the monster with 21 faces. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yes, I'm here. I just wanted to hear the ending. Will you mention my name? Cause I'm one of your Patreon supporters. <laughs> now we'll never know which one. <laughs> Uh, our show is brought to you every week in thanks in part to our early adopters, Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, and Karen Flieger, and our secret of my success, level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, <laughs> John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. Chuckle balls. So creepy. Uh, so there you go. All right. Hey, and with that, go have a chuckle ball and uh, have a good uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But before you do that, yeah. go to patreon.com slash 1980s now. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's bad, girl cat. Somebody has got she's to still... keep this train on the tracks. She wants well to help done. make up, uh, stop the bleeding. Uh, you know, and also what we did was because folks were asking for this. There's a, you know, John has this on Gen X as well. There's a $1 tier now. So we shifted some oh. stuff around. There's a dollar tier now. So it makes it real easy for you to just chuck in a buck. Why wouldn't you? Hey, we will talk to you again next time on 1980s Now. See you next time. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you.